Welcome in, everybody. It is the Wannabe Network. I'm Ethan Maestri, your host for tonight. Uh, it's review time, and it's chapter 23 of The Mandalorian tonight. And I am joined, gentlemen, uh, with... Uh, uh, how, how are you this evening? Gabe, how are you? I'm doing good. I, I didn't have to, to lead the show in for once. And it's... I gotta say, I'm feeling... It's really nice. Like, you know... You know what I mean? Like to, to have someone else like just introduce me, baby, for I know. once. <laughs> you handed it over to me like like thirty seconds ago, and I'm flying by the seat of my pants. You're a you're a commando. Pro. Yeah, you're a pro. and it's it feels great. Yeah. It feels great. I gotta admit. So, <laughs> uh, and also joining us this evening, Mikey Collins. How are you, sir? You know what? I'm doing pretty good tonight. After this after this uh, episode, I'm I'm high, I'm flying pretty high. So. Oh, right. oh! So the episode that's, that I dislike, Mikey's gonna love. <laughs> of no. course, you Whoa. dislike it. I'm, you I'm, dislike. I'm okay, no, I'm we're getting into this. Oh my god! <laughs> we are dissecting. Yes, we are dissecting uh, chapter twenty-three, the spies. And so, gentlemen, as we get into it, uh, I am starting the show, but Gabe holds the notes to keep us on track here. But I- I'm going to go old school here and just ask the question off the bat that. Gabe always asks to start one of these conversations. Mikey, you leaned into it at the start here, but but give us a little bit more detail. What did what were your feelings on this episode, start to finish, and how you how you felt once the credits started rolling? Oh man, well I mean after last week I was not expecting much, but um, as soon as we, man, I don't want to give my whole spiel, but I I. Didn't no, have, I'm just looking for impressions here. I, uh, unlike last week, I didn't have a lot of moments where I was like, <sighs> moving on, please, moving on. It kept my attention for sure, and it's the story. Of course, it's the last two episodes, so it's the story I've been waiting for, and I I, I enjoyed it quite a, bit. La- quite a bit. Second to last episode. Yeah. Second to last. Yeah, there's two. Yeah. Yep. All right, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> what is this, Bush League? God. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe, how did you feel? Credits start rolling. What was your impression overall here? I mean, here we go. what more could you ask for? You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I, all I'm going to say is I was just kind of like trying. I was like just kind of sitting there like, wow, did they really give us that just then? Because they gave us so many things pointing to the future, and I, yeah, I, I'm—I'll never question Dave Filoni again, probably. <laughs> there, there. Okay, it, it, that's awesome. Love it. Uh, my impression at the end. There's two phrases from this episode that just describe my feelings about this episode. This is the way, and yes, 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 <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said here here you are listener here's where we're coming at you from uh just an, an enormous ball of love and excitement for star wars at the mo- at the moment uh from what we've just seen here gabe what's our first talking point that we're going to get into about this episode so yeah i, I wanted to just kind of roll in kind of large plot point by by large plot point so we're gonna we're gonna start with the opening to this episode, the the spy on, or not the spy, but the 
the double agent, right, within the New Republic is talking to Moff Gideon, and Moff Gideon is approaching... Katie O'Brien's character. Is it yeah. Katie O'Brien? Is that her that's, name? That's the actress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. But we see this imperial summit of, you know, pretty much the backbone of what's left of the Empire, and there are some very, very important people there that point to potential upcoming EU stuff, tie-ins, as well as tying together what's already existing. And I don't think that they could have done it in a, in a better way than how they did it, honestly. Um, so I, I, wanted to, I wanted to start there at the summit and kind of talk about what we noticed and, you know, that, that sort of thing. So, Ethan... Before, before we launch into the summit itself, I just want to say, because I mentioned Katie O'Brien, she plays the uh, Elia Kane character, the, the double agent. Love that scene. Same. Of, you know, the back streets of Coruscant. The, the, she obviously was in the Hard Rock District. Hard right. Rock Electra, Electronica District. <laughs> but it right. was great. I loved it. And, <laughs> and then that, to have the old Im, Imperial probe droid drop down and her give the, the call sign and then the... We knew we knew Gideon was alive. Oh yeah, and uh, in a, in a operating behind the scenes, and sure enough, she has a conversation with them. And a lot of a lot of what we've seen building up in the season, and the well, why did they do this? Why did they give a whole episode of this? Well, obviously, there's reasons. And now we're seeing it all kind of the conflagration is coming together. And, and I just I loved how they tied that in. It it didn't seem like much, but it just set the tone. For this episode and then you know immediately switches from him and hologram to him in person and uh, and that walk down the hallway with as he with, gets into with the, the force fields like you know from yes. phantom like Call was like phantom so yes. cool i was Couple like oh my god and i didn't yes. notice i didn't notice it the first time but the jet troopers that we see at the end they're just standing in the hallway that's them but we yeah. would have been we would have yeah. been none the wiser you know what i mean like I wasn't. I just thought they and were it, random, you know, stormtroopers. And it's the same jet troopers from Rebels. Yeah. Oh, totally. And, and there they yeah. are. Front, and I knew that's who you it totally extracted him it. from the shuttle. It just, ah, oh, the payoff was incredible. It was, I loved it. Was I the only one that was kind of surprised to see that, like, with how destroyed that ship was, like, that he had no type of scarring or nothing happened to him in the, like, rescue from how mangled that thing looked, it seemed like maybe he would have had some something going on. But it's like, nah, he made it out without a scratch on him. Don't don't, don't look at the man behind the curtain. Well, Mikey. listen, I we don't know. I mean, just <laughs> well to play. Okay, thing. to play devil's advocate, there could have been a double agent inside the Lambda cruiser. They could have like been very sneaky and then destroyed it after the fact. So that is a that's better. A point. True. I mean, th I think yeah. that's probably what could. But have then, happened. how did the Mandalorian armor get in there? It's very you can stage anything, then you just come back and then like tear it up after the fact. That's what I'm saying. You know, that's that's true. a great point, Mikey. That is true. What what if that was them just trying to throw the New Republic off? That's what I would. If guess. we can get the New Republic to go after the Mandalorians themselves, yeah, eh, problem solved. They don't yeah. have to step in. They don't have to get involved. Maybe that's just a failed setup. Because they <laughs> well, they also they haven't touched back with them yet either. So yeah. maybe. Maybe in the last episode they show up because they're looking for the Mandalorians and be like, they have them. Wait, no, they don't. That might yeah. be. No, yeah. it's a, it's a great it's a great thought. It's a great thought. But the summit itself. Yeah. I I, I texted you, Gabe. I saw the the white haired 
imperial officer, obviously a captain or, or something. He's on a he's on a star uh, star destroyer, and I just the whole time before they say his name, I'm like, that looks that's in my men, my mental image of Pelion, and from you know the old EU, it's got to be Pelion, and sure enough, they called it, and I literally Eli can attest, I squealed like a girl. I really did. It, well, it was amazing. Whenever I saw him, I was like, "That's the dude from the 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 heir to the empire graphic novel because it looks just yeah. like him, just like him from Spot the graphic on. novel." And I'm like, "Yeah." Then the wheels yeah. start turning, and then whenever they said it, whenever you text me, I was like, "At first, I, I wasn't sure that that's I had the right person." I was like, "He just kind of looks like that guy," but then when you text me, I'm like, "Oh my god! Like if that's really him." Holy schmoly, you know. So, Mikey, do you uh, do you have any context about who we're talking about? Uh, not really. Ethan, I will. Interesting. I'll, yeah, Interesting. go ahead. Well, okay. So the, this is all tying back to the fa- you know the return of Thrawn, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously we, that that's alluded to and talked about in the summit that we're that we saw here. Um, Thrawn returns in the old EU in the book Heir to the Empire, mm-hmm. and his right hand man, basically the man that's 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 coordinating everything as far as imperial forces is captain pelion Mm. and he is there from beginning to the bitter end and even beyond he has a long character history in the old now legacy star wars uh pulling together the remnants of the empire and so having him here live action and and knowing what's coming from the celebration announcements for for Thrawn's return, mm. it it all feels like it's coming together. And Disney is like, okay, yeah, we understand. Here you go, we're giving it to you now. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy that to see you know the fact that they're giving us so much of the EU is very telling, honestly, because I I seriously hope they don't make the same mistake twice. You know, with like taking these beloved characters and and doing something. At, in a, you know, inappropriate with them. Um, and <laughs> well, I, uh, well, we know they're going to inject their own life into totally. their well, I mean, yeah, version the, of the story. And that's fine. Yeah. But it's they're taking characters that are inherently interesting and they're doing something with them now, yeah. which is all we wanted as Star Wars fans. Yeah. You want to say that the old you and the old stories are now no longer canon? Fine. Tell us a good story with interesting characters then. Yeah. And yeah. they in my opinion, didn't necessarily do that with the sequel trilogy. Now it feels like there's a reset here and they're like, okay, you know what? The, you had some great characters. So let's tell stories with that. Right. And that's what we're getting. And it, and it feels like it's a, it feels like a payoff. It really does. Cause I mean, rebels wasn't really, I mean, was rebels canon from the beginning? Yeah, it was under Disney. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That whole yeah. time period is a little muddy for me. Yeah. Yeah. At least yeah. Was, anyway. Yeah. Anything else from the summit that that we want to consider, or can we move on? Um. What is Project Necromancer? Oh, yeah. Cause I, that really does sound like Palpatine resurgent. I, I know. Mean, and did you notice? Did be? you notice <laughs> the Commandant's last name? What was it? Oh, Hux. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. that written down. And, I was like, and, yeah. and I've done the deep dive, and yes, it is confirmed. He is the father of General Hux that we see in the sequel trilogy, which makes so, sense. Yes, this is the yeah, absolutely. Which, because so honestly, this is the guy yeah. that's working on bringing Palpatine back. Yeah, yeah, well, and it's like also, 
you can see the connective tissue to the sequel trilogy. They're they're doing it very smartly by having basically you have Hux and Pelion are kind of like in the same rank, apparently. You know, it kind of like seems like they're very similar in terms of whatever. Um, doing different things though, they have different roles. So obviously, if if any if we get if we if we take any past context clues to like the legacy stuff we've gotten, there's a very good chance that we see Thrawn fail in a very similar way to him failing in the EU, as well as um, you know there being a legitimate <laughs> um, kind of transition into succession. Yeah, yeah into the succession yeah. and, and how both parties are actually their ideals are actually both not going to work. You know, Thrawn thinks all he needs. Well, Hux is like, well, we're bringing back the emperor, you know, both yeah. are, are doomed to fail. So, which is kind of interesting for what it, the future is even after that. So but, I, I but just like, I, well, they have, they have, they have the whole conversation about what about, have you, have you acquired Dr. Pershing's uh, data? Right. No, it's, it's not available at this point. No. I, I thought that was very smart in how they left the door open for Pershing to somehow be brought back. Right. And if we see that later on down the line, okay, it'll make sense. But if not, fine, that's fine too. They'll figure it out. Some one, they figured it out one way or another. I thought we they were. Yeah. Much. I thought they were gonna have sloth like per Pershing be like sloth from the Goonies. Have him show up, be like, hey, <laughs> you got <laughs> baby. <laughs> After yeah, a mind no, meld, no. poor guy. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so after the summit, we have just this epic, <laughs> like, it looked like a movie. The Mandalorian fleet all converging on Navarro, you know, for the first time. And, you know, these different tribes coming together. And it was like, okay, like, this is pretty freaking rad. <laughs> Um, and just that, like the giant mythosaur underneath the the yeah, star destroyer, mm -hmm. you know, and it was that, like, that's like it just one made of the you simplest things. That, I know, so dope. It, but it was just like, wow, yeah, Bo-Katan yeah. is gonna do this. Like she's going to bring all these people back together, and they are going to play a big role in and what's to come in the future. I'm assuming, or I'm hoping, anyways. Um, I I have I have one of those light cruisers, <laughs> a model of it for my my Star Wars uh, Armada game. I'm very seriously considering somehow painting a mythosaur skull on the bottom Shit. side of it and say, "All right, this is a friendship." Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's it's Mandalorian. It's on its own. You know? But yeah. Um. Did it seem a little easy, though? Like all of a sudden, it's like, well, we're together now. You know. Yeah, like there was a bunch of like no build up to the episode and a bunch of random stories beforehand and random episodes that had no pertaining to the story at all. I, I hear you. I hear you. But my counter to this is the goal is something that all Mandalorians want. True. And and so in that moment when you have someone with a dark saber come to you and say, "Join us," and here's this other group, this other tribe that you don't you haven't you don't see eye to eye with, but we all have the same goal in mind. Mm -hmm. To me, that there was that cautious trepidation in everybody that was there. And I thought it was well represented. And then when, when Paz and Wolf, when, when, when they go at it on the, the deck of the ship, it made, it made perfect sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, 
at no point did I feel like these characters are being forced into a situation that's outside what those characters would do. So I felt like the story and the characters served each other very well for that segment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to Mikey's. To I, Mike. Go ahead. Well, I, yeah. I the only thing I didn't really understand is they because they specifically point out that they've never met. So I, I was wondering why there was so much hostility between them. Whereas they're if, instead of I got more hostile rather than like trepidation, you know, especially with them fighting. I was just like, I wonder why they're there's I mean, I get that they're all like Mandalorians and they're. Well, I, I think know. part but of that, you, I think, think... At, yeah, I think at the same time, like Bo-Katan, whenever that happens, you know, Din reacts and he's like, should we do something? She's like, no. Yeah. Let him let him go at it. It's like we as the audience really aren't supposed to. I think what they're trying to do is kind of mirror the culture that we saw in the last episode. It's like all these cultures have their things that maybe you will not understand, which makes them and which makes them inherently interesting. Um, Ryan Dalton brought, other, brought that out. Go ahead. The other thing that that made sense to me is if thinking back to the old Clone Wars episodes, uh, the animated series. Every time they visited Mandalore, there always seemed to be an unease amongst that people. Where there's an inherent distrust to outsiders and to people within their own group, yeah. right? In their own society. Yeah. And so, it, to me, watching this just felt like an extension of what I had already seen out of Clone Wars. And so, the, the distrust, the, the unease between the two groups made sense. And they even talk about the fact that groups that were united at one point after Mandalore was destroyed, they devolved into infighting. So this is just a people that, without proper leadership, without a common goal, yeah, they just kind of do their own thing. And that means, you know, inherent distrust of, of other groups around it them. It kind of reminds me. they claim to be Mandalore. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, honestly, like the Midwest, how there's a lot of farmers. Like, there's a ton of farmers around me. I am technically a farmer, whether anyone wants to acknowledge it or not. There's a lot of similarity in, in what we do, obviously, and like we can kind of understand where each other's coming from, but ultimately we have our own code. We walk our own way. We, we take care of our herd differently than everybody else, and I, I, that's kind of what I was seeing, too. It's like, yeah, you see a broken people that want to have, hello, ding, 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 the main theme of Star Wars, hope. And the whole idea is how hope can bring, make incredible things happen. And that's, that's what the entirety of Dave Filoni's mission is, is to center Star Wars and hope. And I think they did that because it's like, yeah, being a, having hope is messy. Like, you have to get yourself to a position where, you know, you can have that hope and you can have that faith in a way. It's like there, there's a lot of work you have to do on yourself in a way. And I thought they showcased that really, really well by the the decisions that they made, you know, and, and the relationships that they have so far, especially since, you know, whenever Paz and what's his face Wolf go at it, it's like Wolf's kind of like suave and, you know, kind of a wise guy a little bit. Whereas Paz is like, we're doing this man, like right now. And I, yeah, I just, I loved it. I did, loved, did I it loved not seeing the feel diversity. like city slicker versus totally. country boy. Totally. It, did, it very much totally. struck me as that. I don't know why it did, but it did. No, it did. Yeah. You, you, yeah, totally had it more like uh David Spade versus Chris Farley type thing. Um, 
Okay. Yeah, I'll give yeah. you that. So give with the two by four, not so much here or here, but right here. <laughs> um, obviously the Mandalorians coming together was really cool and seeing their fleet, their magnificent fleet, it was just so cool. <laughs> um you know, and I'm starting to get where you're coming from, Ethan, on these on the space you know, the spaceship stuff because you have been playing Elite Dangerous and some No Man's Sky and it's like, okay, I get it now, I think. Um it, well, and just to say, all of those sequences, the fleet leaving uh, Navarro, it, arriving over Mandalore, all of that looked oh my cinema. It looks so good. The lighting, favorite the effect. Oh, man. <laughs> Coming so out great. of hyperspace, uh, specifically yes. without... Oh, yeah, so that cool. light cruiser and those four Gozantes and like, like a baker's dozen yeah. of gauntlets. And I'm like... Uh. God, I I need to buy more Armada ships. <laughs> Do it. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Disney. <laughs> that leads me into the next part of the, which I'm going to call like the oddity of this episode. So, rather than just letting the IG-11 thing go for a bit, it's like, hmm, what can we do? Let's have Grogu operate it. Lame. Are you? I mean, it was cute, yeah, but like lame. I mean, come have on. You, has, have you I, not heard hundreds of people wishing for Force-sensitive droids? Yeah, like, you do You do have a point. I mean, you, you're, you're, you're right. Is, this, and I, I'm not a, saying... This is, a, this is a, ste- a stepping stone for that, so in my in my eyes. <laughs> maybe. I laughed. Yeah. I, was in, I was incredibly entertained. I, I will admit that. Yeah, and... Honestly, like it's a, it's probably a puppet, uh, puppeteer's dream because you, it's just one oh. big puppet, and then you can yeah. put yeah. That's what yeah. I was thinking. I was like, this makes their job probably a million times easier. Yeah, no. The the only problem I had with the the whole Grogu in the suit thing, uh, it, it was hilarious, and I loved the yes, yes, yeah, no. It, it just, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's almost as if Grogu's become a teenager now. Oh yes. <laughs> this this suit has given him a freedom. <laughs> that Din Djarin's just not ready for yet. Yeah, <laughs> as or, or as a uh, 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 Daddy Mandalore, we'll call him that. Yeah, and he's not ready to let go of the reins. And I thought that w- the dynamic made it yes. all the more hilarious. <laughs> what I didn't understand is when he breaks up Wolf and Paz Vizsla's fight. How is he hitting the no button and controlling both arms at the same time? I'm just his. It's- I it, I think yeah. it's either stuck or he's using the force. That's what I he's thought. Use, he's got. He's using the. There's yeah. your out right there. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Or maybe his foot. I don't know. I, I'll <laughs> let I'll let that one slide then. So, do you think that's what they're gonna do though? Like that's gonna be his new like way to get around instead of his little baby pod. That's what I mean. That's what I would get because I, I mean, think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And can you imagine the. When that figure, when that action figure comes Dude, out, I'm buying it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, I it, have IG yeah. Eleven. I have, I have Baby Yoda, both action figures. Now I get them combined. <laughs> Take my money. Take my money. You I know? like, I like how they wove in the Enzelans though too. No, baby, yes, no squeezy. Yes. You know, like, I, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm a fan. Bad baby. Bad baby. Yeah. You know, it was funny. It was cute. But I was like, man, I guess I would rather have that. You know, than not Look, have IG had, in the we picture. We had to all, have it. You know, considering where this episode's going, we had to have it. Yeah, we had to have light. We had to have something light. We had to have something silly. And and it, when you take it in balance with the entirety of the episode, I think it it's fine. Yeah, yeah. no, it's fine. I guess I guess for me, it's just a slight disappointment because I'm like, oh, 
I thought IG was going to have a bigger purpose. And I, yeah, I just, well, I just see that suit being very disposable. It's like, wow, you're going to bring it in just for it to get tossed away eventually. Like, come on. I don't, man, I, I could see him going the complete opposite direction. Cause you see in the first season, how capable that droid is and imagine a force user being in control of it while maybe possibly being able to force jump or, or do stuff like, like it could be pretty sweet. If he, if yeah, he learns if how it's to done it. right, it, I, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's the whole no, thing. Is if it's, it's done, cool. if it's done right, yeah. And I'm with you, Gabe. I would love to have seen IG11 come back, yeah. but in an, in a in a series where we have so many heavy hitters that they're already paying for, Taika Watiti double dipping in both director and as an actor on board, they can't keep doing that. Yeah. yeah. So they got his yes, they got his no, and he just he gets minimal royalty checks at this point going forward. I like that idea. True. And they yeah. they didn't say that they destroyed his memory bank. They just said they took it out. So I mean, there yeah. still always is that possibility if that's something like if there's an outcry. I doubt there is, but I mean, no. And it's like I yeah. said, it's, it's literally just a nitpick. But it was just kind of like I literally put a question mark. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like on one hand, yes, it is cool, and it could be very, very, very cool. Yeah. But you know, like. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm failing to see the practicality of it, you know, unless he can become yeah. like a really good pilot. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. Yeah. And then also just like for, as a protect, a uh, protection standpoint, it makes much more sense to have him in a suit of armor, like f- going to all the battles rather than in an, in an egg the entire time for except a whole other you, Yeah. A shield, literally. Man. I'm like, except yeah. whenever you get the One sniper, that's like, Oh, make my day. Headshot. You know, <laughs> he's <laughs> like, he's all, yeah, he's all, Deep breaths. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, God. he was you know, like blocking like, with his arms and stuff. Yeah, but there, yeah, you're right. There is yeah. only like, so wow, much. Wow, how'd you do. get it? What gave it away? Well, his ears stick out a foot. On oh, each side. dude. What if he gets lightsaber? That'd be cool. Or, two? or the the dark saber. Probably okay. not. But yeah, pro- yeah, probably not. Okay, I'm done talking about this. How about that? Yep. Um, move on. Yeah. So I want to talk about uh, the move, the the jump to Mandalore. Right. And we talked we talked touched on it a little bit when the Mandalorians orbital dropped to the ground as a group. Something happened to me. I was like, (laughs) I was like. They're cooler than Jedi. They're cooler than Jedi. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's kind of what came to my mind. I was like they've these are the types of people that have proven they can kill Jedi actually. And they're in full armor. Like the Jedi knights are not the real knights. Like these guys are the real knights. And like I now care about Mandalorian culture way more than anything else Star Wars related at this point. Like or Jedi related, Gabe, and it's it's crazy. Let me let me jump in here, and because this is the point where I jump in and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. I'm before just saying. You go, before you go too far down that rabbit hole, and and make an idiot of yourself, I just want to <laughs> say this. I wholeheartedly agree with you. That the Jedi, Disney has somehow made the Jedi uninteresting to me. And and it's that's a whole other episode that we oh, can yeah. talk about. Yep. The 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 love hate relationship with the Jedi Order and everything about Force users, right? No, the Mandalorians. 
it, it this show has so much potential just to keep going even if pedro pascal really does bow out like you know the rumor mill is saying he's going to if that's the case they have all kinds of characters and a whole culture that we get to go along on continued stories with and i love this idea that the mandalorian isn't necessarily din Djarin. you know if he's captured and, and we wind up at the end of season three he's somehow killed heaven forbid but the show could go on because we have a culture and a people and characters within this group that we care about and, and i i hear you and i i wholeheartedly agree with you the mandalorians are inherently interesting more so even than than force users at the moment yeah at the moment and i mean i'm i'm here for it because it's like Whenever I see, I'm a very visual person, so whenever I see stuff, it's like, you know, it's what I do for work. So whenever I see, like, just a moment, I'm like, oh, my God, put that in a game. Give me comics. Give me anime. Give me give me all the other mediums that I love. Well, and what give kind me... of did, it was called Halo Reach. Yeah, that is true. Just saying. Just saying. No, it is. I mean, the ending <laughs> to this episode specifically was, I was like, wow, this feels exactly like Halo Reach. Um I never did look up the heavy's name. Uh, Noble, Noble Six Noble, or well, George. It's, his name's George, I think. George. Yeah, yeah, George. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah. what it was. He tosses you off the ship. He's like, get out of here. <laughs> good times. Honestly, I think a uh, that's a good who would win. Squad of Mandalorians versus squad of Spartans. Who wins? Oh, yeah. Mm. That's that's an interesting. That's, that's oh, yeah. Might have to get mind, Tristan mind. on that one. Depends on yeah. how the dark saber's a factor or not. Probably. No dark, no dark saber, just weapons. But we'll talk about it another time. Just straight up, yeah, just straight up, just Coach straight rules. up guns. This is prison rules. Prison rules. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to Mandalore. The the Mandalorians drop down as a unit, and I was like, "Wow, okay, I'm hooked again. This here we go again." You know, I'm a silly head for doubting Dave Filoni, but then I was like. These survivors show up, which there would make it would make sense that there would be other survivors, especially since it's been established that um, you know it's been established the planet, that the planet wasn't poisoned. Yeah, the planet wasn't wasn't, wasn't, wasn't poisoned. poisoned. Like, like a, yeah. you know, like it had like it had the lead, like the history had said or whatever. So it makes sense that yeah. there would be which... other survivors, and I think you know from the public eye. Most people are going to think, like, well, that's kind of crazy. Why didn't they come see Din whenever he got to the planet? Like, they obviously have a ship. There's no scanners on that. You know, like, that was one thought that came well, to my mind. Obviously, scanning and and detection on the planet, it's all wonky because of the Empire. Yeah. Right. The Empire made it that way. And so when you fly down, you lose communication with people in orbit. You probably can't scan a wide area around on the surface. It made sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I, it wasn't hard for me to make that leap in my mind. Why no. these people are just now showing up? It, same, same. It wasn't. It was just a thought that came to my mind. I was like, yeah, you know, cause if a thought comes to mind, I just write it down. I'm like, is this a is this a kind of coincidental uh, yeah. type of thing? You know, and Honestly, I agree. I, agree I have with a you. bigger problem with Baby Yoda operating the suit and hitting the button. Right. Yeah. Coming back to that, you know, that's a bigger issue in my mind. What did that action kind of 
signify to you guys whenever he broke them up? Like, what was the significance of that? What did that mean? Grogu understands that the Mandalorians need to unite. They need to they need to present a united front, and he understands that. Yeah, I mean, and he acted. He's he 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 did, and and it was that was an interesting moment when Din Djarin, when she turns to Din Djarin and says, "You taught him well," and he says, "He didn't learn that from me." Yeah, that's that's Grogu's personality and a little bit of his connection to who he was as a Jedi, I think, and 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 going beyond it just a little bit and standing up for what's right. And I thought it was a brilliant, a very touching moment, a very brilliant moment where the student kind of outstrips the the master just a little. Well, and I think, yeah, it also, yeah. I feel like Grogu is a contributing factor to what the way is moving forward. Um, you know, and yeah, it, it was just, it was a really cool moment. Definitely. Um, so once we get to the Great Forge, obviously we have our big standoff with Moff Gideon. And, uh, you know, they're trying to make their way through the, the facility there. And then Ethan gets his glory moment where you called it, Ethan. The Jet Troopers uh, show up. Whenever it happened, I was literally watching and I looked at it and I was like, no freaking way. And, like, I, it was it was so sweet. I mean, it looked... Visually, it was, like, scary. I was like, oh, God. Like, it's really... Ha it's happening, you know? Um, <laughs> but what are our general thoughts about that whole sequence, you know? And, man, Moff Gideon's such a good bad guy. Like... He has yes. really, and he hasn't even yes. been here. He hasn't even been here in like an entire season, and it's there, like there ugh. has been a a there has been a such a a gap in both the MCU and in the Star Wars universe and recent stuff of good villains, mm. and Moff Gideon's great, and, and 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 not only is Moff Gideon great, and we're getting him now, we got Thrawn coming down the pipeline so yeah this is a great time for bad guys yeah no unfortunately yeah it, it is it really is i mean you need you need an antithesis to your to your to your hero right your hero's journey yeah we've got heroes that we love so yeah yeah let's for let's, sure let's throw them into some dangerous situations so yeah. once they get to the great forge you know they're kind of fighting their way out they have their fight with the troopers Paz vizsla you know moff gideon shows up once they've been ambushed right the the door comes down and moff gideon's like all right, well, surrender, and, you know, we'll get this over with. And then some silence, Bo-Katan, and everyone looks at each other. And then in that moment when he's like, this is the way. And then they just all immediately, I was like, that gave me goosies. I was like, holy crap, this is so good. Runs, you know, uh, Bo-Katan runs. She's trying to, like, saw the door open with the dark saber. Just that whole, I watched it, whenever I watched it a second time, I was like, oh, my God, that's one of the coolest Star Wars moments ever for me like uh, it's just so there's just a lot of passion in the moment you know and I, I i totally bought it i thought it was awesome um and then obviously we get to you know at the, at the beginning of the episode moff giddy whenever he was putting in his requisition for uh you know for the stuff he asked for some bombers he asked for some uh what did he ask yeah interceptors yep and, then he, asked, and he asked for some additional yeah. Praetorian Guard. Three Praetorian Guard. 
And I thought it was weird. I, you know, I kind of forgot about that detail. So whenever Paz is like, all right, you know, if there's too many, I'm, I'm doing this, right? What a cool scene when he's just like unloading and then he, his gun is like melting. Oh, his gun melts. Uh, yeah, his oh, gun's like so melting. Sweet. I was yeah. like, yes, this is great. Wow. And then it, he's just like going crazy on him. Moment. Oh my God. He's like going crazy. And like, I like how literally at the very end, you see him being shot like repeatedly. And it's just like, mm-hmm. ah. Because, yeah, that is, that, that is a big. Like, he is protected from the blaster fire, yes. But being shot with a blaster bolt hurts. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is energy being deflected off of you in some regard. So it's like he's being shot repeatedly and having to jot, being, you know, he's being jostled with all that armor on. It's like, mm. oh my God, this guy is an absolute tank of a unit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when he just, like, runs into that guy and, like, pushes, pushes both of them over, yeah, you can't ask for a better action scene. Right. And then we get the three Praetorian guards showing up and we already know what they're capable of, obviously, because of what we've seen them do in Last Jedi, which was a very talked about thing in the throne room. Right. Um, one of the hey, listen, one of the better scenes in the movie. Yeah. And listen, we can all watch the video where they break down the choreography and, you know, how like half of them aren't doing anything. It doesn't change the fact that whenever we all saw it for the first time, we all thought it was freaking cool. And you're a silly head if you disagree. That's all I'm saying. It, it happens so fast you can't even notice it. Unless yeah. You're unless you're looking. Unless you're looking for it. Yeah. 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 So obviously the Praetorian Guard make quick work of Paz, and he very disrespectfully gets murked. Um, oh, man. I mean, he goes down, but it's like, man, just his, his oh, like, the guy is, he gets put down. Can you ask, can you ask for much if, of a better death though for Mandalorian? I mean, no, how many it, how many was, guys did he take out? Like yeah. 20, 30 guys? Yeah. Uh, the, the guy's a, the guy's a legend. Yeah. He's an in, he's an instant legend, instant Hall of Fame Mandalorian. Yep. That scene, I, I watched it last night on on the big screen and felt it. Every mm-hmm. every blow felt it. Watched it again this evening with the headphones on and not only did I feel it, but you could hear it. The sound design in yeah. this episode was top shelf. And props to the sound guys. Uh, for, well, this whole season has actually been great. As an audio fan, I appreciate it. So thank you very much uh, for those guys. Um, man, when he collapses, I, I mean, literally, I, I, I collapsed with him in that moment. You felt it because yeah. we've talked about the journey that Paz has been on from first season when we see him salute with the right, you know, when he's flying alongside the Razor Crest, <laughs> yeah. right? We, he's been there and, and now to see this moment was, uh, it was touching and it was gut wrenching. Well, he laid down time. his, like he was one of the main leaders of the covert and he yeah. laid down his life for his family. You know, and something that yeah. he believed in. And, yeah, he's definitely a martyr, and he'll definitely be avenged for sure. Yeah. And, you and know, it's, there, it's, ne- there needs to to be a this is for Paz. Oh, yeah. for uh, sure. Line or something somewhere. For sure. Yeah. Something, yeah. And, I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen with his son. You know, that yeah. it's, the, you know, it's, it was a very touching moment, but that's how they end the episode. Yeah. I was it like, goes to black and then credits. I was not. I was like that. me either. I was like I just felt very. Defeated. That's hardcore. Yeah, that, I mean, it, 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 and when when the when the credits started rolling, Eli and I sat in silence for the whole 
credit yes, sequence. dude. I can't. I don't remember the last time something has left me speechless at the yes. for like a solid thirty seconds. <laughs> and and, the, and when it went was over and the screen reset and everything, I just looked over and I said, "Well, that was the Empire moment yep. for this series season." Mm-hmm. And it was. This is the Empire Strikes Back moment for this season. And Our heroes it, lost. I mean, yeah. Like not but only Dijon's captured. He's yeah, captured. He's captured. We don't. We didn't. We have no idea where Bo Katan even went uh, with yeah. everybody. You know, um, it's yeah. It's not looking good for sure. Yeah, could we see a moment similar to what we saw in the last season? A legend shows up and saves the day. Does something crazy. Like, um, uh, spray painting Mandalorian, <laughs> or something like that. I'm I'm curious to see if they try to connect Ahsoka to this. That's that's, that's what I'm waiting for. I I I, keep, I know I keep saying that, but I'm like something's gonna happen because it. They played the that's something that got me. They played the trailer for Ahsoka before this episode aired, and I was just like, well, they they just showed Thrawn, and now they're talking about him like he's and they didn't even show anything on him. So I'm like, they have to. There's some something's gonna happen. So I I would assume it's gonna be. Probably somebody from that show is going to be in this, but I, I want it to be. Uh, what if we get Ezra next episode? That that's that would make sense, wouldn't it? I Somehow they're saving that. They've got to save that for Ahsoka. No, the, we're gonna we're gonna see the Mandalorians rally here. Yeah, and it, it, maybe maybe somehow Carson brings the New Republic in to help them out. Yeah, um, because they they've you know they've been doing the fighting on their own. And at this point, it does feel like they need some help. Uh, one of them got out of the cavern to to go signal for help. Oh yeah, we'll so, see. Didn't he? So we'll see. We'll yeah. see what comes of that. But I, I feel like this is gonna. The bulk of this is gonna be the Mandalorians standing up for their home world. So, we didn't see the yeah. bombers too, by the way. We have. We didn't see the whole fleet at, until after she got the. We didn't even see her land the ship. We just thought for that brief second once she broke the stratosphere and she's up there. So which which the whole time she's flying up, I was expecting not just have to, to yeah a, a star destroyer to drop in and just start yeah. wasting. No, another, I, do, I know I was waiting for that. Yeah, but apparently that's they don't have quite those level of resources available for this. It seems. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. I'm I'm curious though, man. Yeah. So. But, but this this next one's gonna be Holy. well. I'm gonna use the term. It's going to be a banger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. And you know I don't use that term lightly. Uh, so. You don't. I know. I know. You, you really don't. Um. Yeah. So that's all the talking points that I had. Uh, gentlemen, what else do you want to add? I mean, what else? Did we I, say it all? What else is there to be said about this episode? I just, I just want to briefly say that a lot of the hate that has gone into the season is completely and thoroughly unwarranted. I mean, it it has it had ups and downs. Yes, I will agree because we didn't know what the final final outcome of this was going to be. So yeah, w- without the benefit of hindsight, in the moment you could look at it and say, eh, I don't I don't feel as strongly about that episode. I totally don't fault you for saying that. Hmm. But to say this season is junk and Disney has ruined the Mandalorian. My favorite show <laughs> is a little bit premature. And, and, and Eli said something that, <laughs> that I totally, 
I didn't see it at the time, but when he said it, I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we, we've had Mandalorian, good Mandalorian episodes, and that was our New Hope era. And then, you know, when when we got those episodes that were everybody perceives as being extremely weak from this season, don't forget there was a Christmas special in between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was Yikes. our Christmas special. Yeah. Episodes. There you go. <laughs> and now we have our Empire Strikes Back episodes, and we're going to bring it all back around with Return of the Jedi. You know, let them tell the story. There are smart people in charge. Mm. There are smart people in charge, and they know what they're doing, and they they're they're delivering now. Yeah. I'm out. I do have one small nitpick, though. God. Dang it, Mikey. Was okay, it's not really a nitpick. It's just more of like a was is anybody else feeling this? Did, I go, I go really ahead. I really thought they were going to take his helmet off. Like when they had him all strapped up. I thought he was going to be like, "And I'm going to completely ruin your relationship with him again." Well, honestly, this is where I I feel like Gideon is a great villain is because yeah. he actually does have respect for the Mandalorian people. That is true. He seems like and, a, a guy that's like really into samurais, but he knows he'll never be one. <laughs> and, and he knows it's better for him to just kill Din Djarin yeah. than remove his helmet and try and, and shame him. him. But but that's yeah. not the point. He needs to take some of their DNA so that he can create his better Mandalorian army. True. Yeah. So, you know, the stakes are high. Our, our heroes are in danger. Yeah. And we have a villain that's very smart and very cagey. And very unpredictable, and I love it. Man, his his armor, like oh, gosh, so that, cool. That, yes. Oh my goodness, the yes, crown. I was just suit. like, holy <laughs> lord, that is yeah. epic. It looks but, good, dude. Him with the dark saber. If he gets it back, that's gonna be like my action figure, <laughs> right there. He, he'll get he'll get close. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, we'll probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Bo-Katan's gonna for sure kill him. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, because that. What if Bo Katan is the Mandalorian? Because everything has led to I, her taking taking the the man, the mantle back. You know. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna say it's not a possibility. And if that's what pans out, more power to him. I'm yeah, happy I with mean, it. If she it happens. she has proven to be a great character. I yeah, care about her. Well, honestly. I, mean, I don't really care about Din that much. I mean, I like him obviously, but I'm not invested him in, in him the same way okay. that I was before. That's a great. That's a great point. Are you less interested in Din Djarin as a character now because of what's happening behind the scenes with Pedro Pascal, or is it the way the story's unfold? I didn't even know something was happening with Pedro Pascal. So me neither. No. I didn't okay. hear about. It until yeah, you this is this it is the first I'm hearing about it. So yeah, I mean, okay. I feel... there's trouble behind the scenes with Pedro Pascal. If you notice, uh, the the uh, the stuntmen have actually been playing. Din Djarin yeah. this whole time. Pedro Pascal has not been in the suit. All he's doing is lending his voice at this point. Mm -hmm. And that started at the end of the second season where there is apparently a falling out between him and uh, John Favreau. Oh. And, and, and to my knowledge, that has not been resolved. And Pedro Pascal has obviously moved on to, be, to doing other things and would prefer to be doing other things. And they just keep calling him back because the paycheck's clear. So he lends his voice to the Mandalorian. At some point, they're probably going to have to find somebody t that can mimic his voice. I feel. Yeah, man. If, 
if they're willing to just let him do the voice acting, just let him do the voice acting. Yeah, why not? It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Well, I remember if he needs to show up, do it every once in a while. Well, and I remember him. I remember reading about him being in, you know, him being like, yeah, it's really uncomfortable in here, and I don't even get to do any of the cool stuff. Like, so, and I get it. It's like if it were me, it's like if it were me, it's like hell no, I'm not doing that. Actually, like I will do it as often as you. I will. I will do the lines as often as you need me to. But no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to get in the suit to do ten ten lines of dialogue, ten yeah. times. It's it's heavy. It's hot. I'm not doing anything cool. So I, I do get it, but at the same time, it's like, dude, there is such a thing as integrity, and there is such a thing to commitment, you know. And it would be different if he was already a voice actor first, and then just happened to fit into the role. But it's yeah. like. You have everything in your career to owe to this role. Yeah. In a lot of ways. That, I, I, um, I agree. But but if you think about it, he hasn't had the helmet off since the last episode of season two. Yeah. And we've had Book of Boba Fett and we've had now a whole season three. And the helmet hasn't come off and there's a reason for that. Yeah. yeah. Which and I'm fine. Which with. they're explaining to it in the story and they could continue for as long as they want with that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just, you know, it's sad that actors can't see what you're saying what what you're saying there Gabe there's integrity yep you started this project why not it, it's popular it's like take, why not go ahead take and, some pride in it like you helped build yeah. this franchise people love you like talk about somebody that needs to hear this is the way yeah I mean well that's like I've, I've watched a lot of interviews with Pedro Pascal and he's very open he's like yeah I pretty much just do the roles that I want like I do what sounds fun in the moment. I don't have kids. I'm not married. Like, I do whatever I want. Like, this is a very fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants individual who happens to be very talented, and let's face it, who happened to get very lucky. Um, he had a couple of breakout roles, you know, and and, and the patience showed. And, and to his credit, I'm not saying the guy doesn't have passion and he doesn't have patience and he's not devoted to his craft. He's a great actor. He's actually a phenomenal actor, and in in terms of like his body language, even how he can evoke a what, a message. One of the best SNL hosts in the history. Oh of man, SNL. he was great. He was great. Sava Sava. You know, <laughs> he was great. But it's like, dude, come on! Like yeah. you're in the biggest franchise in the world. Star Wars. Make nice. Hello. Make nice. And yeah. You uh, to me, I feel like I can tell. When it's not him, because like if you watch the first episode of of Mandalorian, like you can see the swagger, like totally. that he brings, just there, just in how he wa- and carries himself. But then in the- that's a yeah, that's a great observation, Mikey. Because I noticed in this episode, there's one moment where Din Djarin approaches mm-hmm. uh, Bo-Katan on the ship, yep, and goes through. You have these qualities, these qualities, and this is why I will serve you. Yeah. And when he puts his hand on his chest yeah. and puts his head down, the the ADR does not match the body language yeah. that's going. And so we're now starting to see this disconnect between the stuntmen that are playing the Mandalorian and the voice acting of Pedro Pascal. Yeah. And and I will say that that was a detracting point for me that I I thought I saw it the first time I watched through. It really stood out to me the second time I watched yeah. this episode. And, and, and not, knocking, just sad. not knocking them, though, because, I mean, like, yeah. they're they're doing the best they can, you know, because yeah. they're they're literally yeah. having to act now as well instead of yeah. just being a stuntman. Well, and it just reminds... Be... Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. 
No, 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 no. Mikey, I go. Mikey, go. <laughs> I, I was done with my comment. <laughs> All right, just, Gabe, go. I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> they did, they did the same thing with James Earl Jones and Darth Vader's That's actors. Exactly what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. David so, Prose versus. You know, and yeah, I mean, yeah. in A New Hope, yeah. you can definitely see, like, in the beginning, Darth Vader's all. You know, like looking around, like, and it just does, yeah. it feels very un Darth Vader, right? And yeah. so what I'm hearing, Gabe, is you should, as Star Wars fans, we need to just grin and bear it. Pretty this, much. This is how just how it is. This is the yeah. way. Okay, but I it, hear you. It, yeah, I hear you. And I, I think it could work out much like the James Earl Jones thing. You know, he never yeah. even was Darth Vader. Yeah, literally, he was literally just the voice. And yeah, you know, I think we're only even talking about it because it is in the public eye. It's yeah. like it's only been yeah. now, like years and years later, like we're hearing about rumblings on the original, the original series set, you know, of, of like things that have happened. It's like, oh, like he was a that guy was a jerk and blah blah blah, like all like all these things, like. And I'm sure Are you we'll talking hear about more? Star Trek. <laughs> no, you said original series. That's oh Star my Trek. God. Right? We're wrapping this up. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Ethan Maestri is fired. From Wannabe Critic Productions. <laughs> I, I was happy to be here. God. The see second, you in the next life. You see, this is why we can't have nice slings, is because of you, bro. God. No, it's Mikey. It's definitely Mikey. Always bro. Mikey's fault. It's the yeah. Trekkies. It's not me. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I got fired because of Mikey. What? You. I got fired that's... by Ethan because <laughs> my position wasn't needed at Lakeland Office Systems. <laughs> <laughs> And I, you, you, you were rendered redundant. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I'm gonna. I'll, you you want to take us out, Ethan? You want me to? Do no, it? take you take us out. You know you know where the things are. Country road, take <laughs> me home. Emma's looking at me like, oh, Emma just got a victory royale, yo, on Fortnite. Let's go. Where where where? Nice props. Yeah, nice. Where's the air horn? Yeah, I I just did it with my mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to another episode of the Wannabe Network. Uh, I want to thank Ethan for uh, taking us into the beginning of the show. I just didn't really feel like doing it tonight. And, you know, who knows? You might have to, I, you know. I understand. Sometimes you just don't feel it. Yeah, and it's just. But once you get started, it's it's good. Well, I've just been editing, you know, I've been editing shows the past, like, week. And it's like, wow, how did I do this day in, day out a couple years ago? Because I'm like, wow, I am so tired. <laughs> and you know it's but it's it's good we have stuff coming up so obviously next week we're gonna have the penultimate episode uh or not the, the finale not the penultimate episode the finale of the mandalorian season three and then we're going to have a couple weeks of silence ladies and gentlemen um we have some episodes coming out in the next few weeks after that though we have a couple episodes of a guy and his wife in the bank um there's uh, a couple other things that we're doing as well. Me and Elijah have an episode that we're going to be putting out. Um, but we're just going to be kind of trickling stuff out as it's ready. And, uh, you know, we'll have another sprint for sure where we might go through another series similar to like what we did tonight. But, Jeez, you know, we've got Ahsoka coming. I know it's it's crazy, but we definitely just need a little bit of a break from these week to week recordings because I'm tired. I don't know about you guys, but. It, these these week to weekers are hard, man. I I, I don't I, I know how the professionals do it. Like they're paid, like it's their job, you know. 
Um, but so, all, so there you go, listener. Yeah. Pay us. There you yeah. go. And you know, Pay we us can, and we won't you know, complain anymore. Make, no, be critic- we, we'll always complain. We will always complain. <laughs> it's never enough. Anyways, no, I'm just kidding. Honestly, though, your support does mean the world. Just the fact that you've been sitting here listening to this with us and, you know, hopefully you haven't been yelling in your car stereo uh, or yelling in your home, um, depending on where you're listening to this, if you're even listening to this. You know what I mean? But we appreciate it. So tune in in next week for the finale. And Ethan is going to tell us how he gets his chair to look like kitty ears. Meow. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's great. Yeah. I never noticed that. I'm a kitty, kitty, kitty. I'm a cat. Right. All right. Wow. Wow. That was a little too good. (laughs) That was really. I am going to clip that for sure, Ethan. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey, I got something else for you. Check this out. Oh, yeah. Did you hear that? That was a fart. That's Emma just cut. Emma just looked at me. She's like, "Dude, I've been stinking this place up," and she has been getting so upset. Sorry, I'm trying to end the show, and I'm rambling as usual. Uh, TMI. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at the one at. We're off the rails. We are off the rails. After party. Okay, I'm down. No. Did, 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 no. Did, wrap did. this one up. Okay. Wrap this one up. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at WBC Prod. I don't really do that that much. You can follow me at the wannabe critic on all socials. Ethan, where can people find you? Facebook, Geekly Retrospect. Keep an eye that out there. We should have uh, our first episode before too long. You keep saying that. I know. I'll keep saying it. All right. You say it as long as you want. And then, and then eventually I'll say we got our first episode out. Six months later, <laughs> we got our second episode yeah, out. <laughs> It'll happen right. when it happens. I'm excited. So just... Just, just there you go. Check I'm just excited to get an episode in the drive that is an episode to put out. You know what I mean? That I didn't have to do anything to, and I know yep. it's going to be exciting. So it's coming. It's yeah. coming. Eth or uh, Mikey, I would ask you where people can find you, but we all know no one cares. So no, um, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, say goodbye. So long. Ah, <laughs>